If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 228. This is our 2022 BMW PGA Championship Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's DP World Tour action from Surrey. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website. We have got a real quality suite of data this week for the BMW PGA. We've got Paul's in depth betting preview. We've got tournament strokes gained analysis from Wentworth. That there is a unique piece of work. Tournament form stats. We've got form charts, including combined course and current form. And of course, there is the DP World Tour Predictive Optimizer. All of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge with no paywall. We're available on Twitter. If you want to follow Barry, he's at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Uh, I pulled together a special Wentworth edition for the channel. Right, it's five-star review time. Um, we could do with some more. So if you're sitting at home twiddling your fingers, send us a five-star review on Apple Apple Podcasts, iTunes, please. That would be most appreciated. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. If you remember from last week, I did actually mention that this review was from a gent on the Isle of Wight. It's Rod. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Rod, if you're listening to this in the morning. Um, I um, This is a must-listen. It's five stars. Love my golf betting. And since listening to this pod, I wait to make my weekly PGA bets until I hear the broadcast, the goal, the course breakdown and analysis is top-notch and really helps my decision-making. And I always feel reassured when the players I'm considering are on this these guys' shortlists. We'll definitely be taking a closer look at their website and tools that are on there. Thank you, Rod. Much appreciated. Lovely stuff, yes. Thanks for taking the time to write us that review, Rod. Much appreciated. Cheers, Rod. I think the key point there is the shortlist because oftentimes we drop one off at the last minute and that could be the one that hits. Mm. Yeah. It yeah, wasn't last week. Those can be particularly long, can't they? You you two were into th- th- Thierry Bjorn also. Yeah, it didn't quite work that one, did it? That one didn't, didn't work. quite work. Oh, I stayed off the Thunder Bear. I got had a killed. It was so close. Yep. Can you yep. pronounce yep. that yeah, for me again? Right from the um, I'm going to go with yes. I nailed it. Go on. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> I'm not this so sure. This is my reference, not yours. Helicliclid, is it? Is that right? Steve, it's just, I don't think a native Dane could have said it better. So He was there in the mix, wasn't he? But it, it came down to Oliver Wilson. That guy loves winning at ridiculous prices, doesn't he? Mm. But as you said, Paul, you were talking about coastal courses and Himmerland. And and, and he, he's won. Didn't he win the um Oh got the down the Dunhill Links at like six hundred to one a few years ago? It was that's yeah, twenty fourteen. So what's that? Best part and best part of eight years since his last win. But yeah, he won the Dunhill Links at some obscene price, and then two hundred to one last week. If you could have plucked him out, which um, 
I don't know, there's a tiny little nuggets here and there you could have latched onto, I suppose, if you if you'd have wanted to, but I did I didn't see a plethora of um, winning slips on my timeline on Sunday, so I'd suggest that he was a he was a skinner for the bookies, I'd imagine. But yeah, first win for eight years. Hold a couple of absolute monsters on the back nine as well. Couldn't buy a putt to begin with and then hold a couple from sixty feet or there or thereabouts and uh, held off Ewan Ferguson. I mean, Ferguson's looking like a real player, isn't he? That, that would have been his third win of 2022 if uh, Wilson hadn't have found those uh, those putts. One in Qatar, one at uh, Galgorm Castle, didn't they, a few weeks back. Um, yeah. And yeah, nearly won again, but couldn't deny Ollie Wilson. And uh, I guess you, you look at the uh, the outpouring on uh, on Twitter um, from, from his peers, there was a lot of congratulations a lot of uh, very very positive vibes there so a popular guy and uh, a popular win within the professional ranks by the looks of it so if any of you guys did manage to pluck Oliver Wilson out at 200 to 1 or thereabouts then very well done last week I certainly wasn't anywhere near him sadly so we'll have another go this week we will uh, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about last week or talk off piece for too long because Wentworth's clearly one of the biggest tournaments of the year over here in the UK. What I did want to do, um, I've, I've pulled together a list because the PGA Tour starts next week. Mm. I just wanted to make some of the listeners aware of players that have managed to get themselves off the corn ferry and will be playing PGA Tour golf next season. I haven't listed all fifty just to. Um, just to allay your fears that I'm going to be sitting here for 10 minutes reading out 50 names. But I've, I've pulled out some notables. So regular season. These are guys that have been promoted from the regular season. Benny Ann. MJ Daffy. Marty Du. That's the Chinese guy. He he had a year on the tour before. Yeah, Marty Du Zicheng. That's him. Harry Hall. Michael Kim. There's another um, South Korean coming in, Seong Kim. He looks like a talent. An absolute brute of a player who I've had my eye on for a long time, Taylor Montgomery. Mm. Uh, Robbie Shelton's back. Justin Suh. Now, he won the Corn Ferry final last week. Um, I can remember him being uh, playing quite a few without any status and actually doing quite well, Justin Sir. Davis Thompson is back for another year. And Carl Yuan, or Yuan, Carl Yuan, he actually headed the regular season points on the the Corn Ferry. Chinese guy, 25-year-old. And then from the playoffs, a lot more familiar names in here. So these are all players that have effectively improved their status on the PGA Tour. So they would have been 126 and lower in the FedEx Cup last year. Uh, They'll now have better status as a Corn Ferry grad. Ryan Armour. You love a bit of Ryan Armour, don't you, Paul, on Bermuda grass? Joseph Bramlett, one of the best drivers on the PGA Tour, but the rest of his game isn't very good. Dean Burmester. He moves across from the Corn Ferry, the South African. Austin Cook. Thomas Dietrich is another DP World Tour um, mover. We've got Austin Eckrote. Bryce Garnett. Mr. Paspalum himself. He'll be playing the PGA Tour again next season. Michael Gligic. Uh, Will Gordon. He actually headed the playoff um, rankings of the three tournaments. Will Gordon, I can remember Will Gordon, um, an absolute beast with the driver. Yeah, he won the first uh, first event, didn't he? He did, you got it. We've got another DP World Tour player, but this one's from a few years ago. Tano Goya, the Argentine. Mm. He's he's made it onto the tour. It's a blast from the past, isn't it? Yeah, Tano Goya. We then got Nick Hardy, who was going off at 25 to 1 in some events last year and didn't even make the top 125 in the FedEx Cup. Nick Hardy, Scott Harrington, David Lingmuth is back after winning a couple of weeks ago. 
Uh, ben Martin's another blast from the past. He almost won the Puerto Rico Open last year, or this year rather. Henrik Norlander, he actually found the putter, managed to um, make some putts and get it back onto the PGA Tour. Matty Schmid, he's going he's gonna to go across from the DP World Tour. And last but not least, our old friend, Brian Stewart. A PGA Tour season can't be a PGA Tour season without Brian Stewart in, in every field each week, can it? Scraping uh, around for those top 25s. Yeah, yeah, and a few DP World Tour boys, as you said, have uh, already yeah. made their way across, haven't they? Bermester, Dietrich, Schmidt, or Schmid. Harry Hall as well, that talented English guy. Mm. Yep. Um, there was also one that I forgot to list on here, Ben Taylor. He's another English guy. He did a full season, season before last, didn't create any waves. He's fought his way back onto the main tour as well, Ben Taylor. Very neat and tidy sort, Taylor. So yeah, those. I just thought I'd bring that out because we've got a little bit more time on the show this week as we will next week when we've got two events to go through. So I would expect pretty much all of those players to be in next week's field at Silverado in California, the first PGA Tour event of the 22-23 season. Yep. Right, let's talk Wentworth. Looks like a yes. cra- looks like a cracking field pool. It has to be said. You know, McElroy at the top with John Rahm. We've got US Open winner Matt Fitzpatrick, Shane Lowry, Victor Hovland, and last year's defending champion Billy Ho Horschel. With then Scott Hatton, Fleetwood. Uh, before we get to the Livsters, Taylor Gooch, Abraham Answer, Patrick Reed. They're hanging forty-five to one on Patrick Reed at Bet Three Six Five right now. Yeah, oh, there's, there's there's a lot of prices out there this week, um, just because of the nature of the way that the uh, the week sets up. I guess it's. Um, I, I don't remember such a good field at Wentworth no, for a few years. I might be wrong. Tell me if I am. No, I think you tend to get one or two of the guys near the top, don't you? So you know, Rory has supported it in the past, and Rahm has played in the past. Uh, Shane Lowry tends to play most years, doesn't he? But um, he tends to have a kind of smattering of players come across. But there seem, certainly seems to be one or two more than uh, than a, a regular season. So uh, that's good. And it's good to see some of these guys coming over and supporting the DP World Tour when, um, well, I wouldn't say everything's up in the air because it's not quite, is it? But, you know, you've got this ongoing live situation, um, how that's potentially going to affect the DP World Tour over the next... Uh, Next few months and years, and uh, it's good to see some of the uh, some of the bigger names come over and support it. And and also next week as well, we've got the Italian Open next week, and a good chunk of these players are um, sticking around. So next week you've got Rory's playing the Italian Open, Matt Fitz is playing, uh, Hovland, Hatton are both playing, Francesco Molinari. So you've got a very um, good quality Italian Open next week as well, um, even though that's going to be a, a peg or two down in terms of the stature of the actual event itself. Um, yeah, this one, it's the last, what did I say, the last, it's the penultimate Rolex series event of the season, so it is a full um, $8 million or whatever the prize fund is nowadays for the Rolex series. And as you said, Steve, one of the highlights of the season, it's, it was always the DP World Tour, the European Tour's flagship event of the season. I guess they've tried to change that um, uh, that, that position and, and, and make the DP World Tour championship at the end of the season the, the kind of the, the, the absolute big one. But um, this one's always one I, I look forward to and I'm sure many of the listeners um, do as well. As you said, quality field, 14, if you count them through, there's 14 of the world's top 50 players in attendance, which is a pretty good show for a DP World Tour event. Give you some of the, a taste of some of the prices. Rory is 6-1. to one. Of course, he bagged all the cash at the uh, FedEx Cup um, a couple of weeks back, didn't he? John Rahm, 8-1. to one. Matt Fitz is 12s. Uh, Shane Lowry, 18 to 1. Victor Hovland, 20 to 1. Last year was last year's winner, uh, Billy Horschel, 28 to 1. Exactly the same price as he went off last year. Adam Scott, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleet with all 30s right now. Talor Gooch, 33 to 1. 
40 to 1 bar those players that I've just read through. But there's stacks of players out there in three figures you could uh, you could make a bit of a case for. Aaron Rye, three-figure chance. Thriston Lawrence, who's been going off at, what, 20, 25 to 1 thereabouts over the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Yeah. Available at three figures. Adrian House, Raz, Rasmus Hogard, Victor Perez is available at three figures as well. Loads of value if you... Uh, if you want to dig down the field a little bit this week. And, uh, of course, with no PGA Tour action, there's it's uh, where all the focus of the bookies have been. So, ball sports have gone 10 places each way. Loads of firms, seven or eight places each way. And, of course, um, as we've been saying for the last few weeks, Bet365 have their each way extra proposition um, available for this. Eight, eight places each way. A fifth of the odds seems to be where um, a lot of the punters go because the prices tend to mirror their standard market but you get in eight places and a fifth of the odds or it mirrors it there or thereabouts but you can choose up to 12 places each one again as i've done the last couple of weeks i've put an explanation of how that all works on my preview this week so if you're intrigued then come through have a read and uh, and see what you think but there's certainly a lot of options and certainly a lot of good each way terms out there this week for the d for the pga or bmw pga some of the Bet365 prices yesterday were outrageously good. Mm. I mean, you got 33 to 1 on one of your top selections, and he was as short as 20 to 1 with other firms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're getting eight places each way on the each way extra. Absolutely, yeah. That's I, mad. I, you know, there was a time you'd look at the Bet365 prices, and they were typically best priced on most players, but you were getting five places a quarter of the odds, so you kind of knew what you were getting, but... The way they price up this each way extra market is very, very similar to the standard market. Um, incidentally, their standard market this week is six places and a quarter of the odds, so you're getting yep. an extra place anyway. But but yes, um, well worth a look because um, in comparison to the vast majority of bookies, their eight places market is um, superior. So um, I, I tend to will, find... I will put a link, Paul, in the podcast description through to their new customer offer. Bet ten pounds, yep. get fifty pounds in free bets. Cool. Because I, I do think if you haven't got a bet, there must be. There aren't many people, but if you are one of the few that hasn't got a bet three six five account and you're a regular with the golf with golf bets, you you need to have a you need to have an account right now for this mm. each way extra facility. Because you and I and Barry, we're using it more and more and more just because of the great balance of you know additional places and top prices. So I'll put a link in the description for the listeners. Splendid, yes. Um, so yeah, that's the market in terms of the, the course itself. I guess it doesn't need a massive amount of introduction. We're playing the West Course at Wentworth. Um, it's a Harry Colt original. Lots of tweaks um, in relatively recent times, and from Ernie Else predominantly, two thousand and nine, and then again in two thousand and sixteen to correct some of those uh, two thousand and nine changes that weren't overly well received. It's a classical tree-lined Heathland track, 7,267-yard par 72. Uh, newly laid bent grass greens, well, they were new, newly laid when they did the renovation in 2016. And, of course, you've got this uh, pair of closing par fives, which is part of the, uh, the heritage and the kind of iconic um, part of uh, Wentworth, which uh, many punters and viewers will remember. Um, I guess if you look at the changes that Ernie Els made, if anything, the most recent set of changes softened the track a little bit. Um, so we've seen it, seen the winning scores get a little bit deeper under par since uh, since that most recent set. But it seems to be much more um, uh, kind of universally accepted as uh, as a good set of changes. So um, I'm sure that will be how we sit for a few years now. And certainly the greens are much, much better. And there's time's gone by when we've seen the greens in pretty poor state. But um, when we've been there over the last few years, um, me and you, Steve, and, and Barry, when you came over, the, the course itself looked um, pretty immaculate and the greens were absolutely spot on. So anyway, there's loads of history, loads of stats to check out on the stats pages on the site. So do have a look through. You've got history going back all the way to 2002. As Steve said, there's also some strokes gain stats mm-hmm. from the years that have been captured here so far. And of course, as we go on over the next few years, those will all build up, particularly on the DP World Tour. Um, when we get to the Fortinet next week, actually, we've got a full extra year of data in there. So that goes back to the end of the 2015 uh, season, so or the 2015, 2016 wraparound season. So we've got quite a few years of uh, PGA Tour 
strokes gained data coming through now, which is good. Anyway, back to Wentworth. Um, in terms of the weather, we've had a really dry summer over here in, in England, but it's started to break recently. We had a lot of rain overnight on Sunday, a bit more rain overnight again last night on Monday, and there's potential for more up to and including on Thursday, potential for thundery showers could be quite heavy. So it may well soften the course up a bit. I, you know, Had there been no rain um, from Sunday onwards, I'd have said it was going to play particularly firm. But um, I'm, I'm not sure it will now because we've had some good rain and we've got more to expect as well. So um, it may well soften it up and that may well make it... Um, even more scorable, particularly when you look at the wind forecast, which apart from Thursday, where it might get to 10 or 12 miles an hour. Other than that, you're talking 5 to 10 miles an hour wind, which really isn't much around Wentworth. Temperatures getting up to kind of 20, 21 centigrade, which is touching 70 in Fahrenheit. Um, yeah, it should, it should be scorable. I can't, I can't see it any other way, really. Uh, it's not always been that way. I'll go through some of the recent winners and... Um, and their winning scores just to give us a flavour. 2010 was Simon Kahn. Six under par he won at um, back then in 2010. That was uh, as a 200 to one shot. Came from way off the lead, as I recall, in 2010. Luke Donald, Luke Donald won back-to-back titles in 2011 and 2012. Six under, then 15 under. Um, he was there or thereabouts with the uh, world number one spot at the time. 15 to two he was in 2011 and eight to one when he followed up the following year in 2012. Matteo Manassero won at 10 under par in 2013. He was a 66 to one shot. Rory won in 2014 at 14 under as a 14 to one shot. 2015 was Benny Ann on debut, 100 to one. Now he got to 21 under. So starting to see some variance coming through already in terms of the winning scores. That was before the most recent renovation from 2016 on. Well, sorry, 2016 was Chris Wood nine under 66 to one. They ripped the course up a bit after Chris Wood's win. So from there on, it's the most current guys in terms of the course setup. 2017 was Alex Noren at 11 under. He was a 20 to one shot. We were on Alex Noren when he scythed his way through the field on the final day with that magical final round that no one could get to. 2018 was Francesco Bolinari, 17 under, 22 to 1. Danny Willett won in 2019. Now, he was a 66 to 1 shot, 20 under par. Tyrrell Hatton, 2020, he was 19 under, at 16 to 1. And of course, Billy Horshaw, as we already mentioned last year, he was also 19 under and a 28 to 1 shot. So those last four winning scores, 19, 19, 20 and 17 under par. And I think really that's kind of where we're going to be looking again this this week, um, particularly with the forecast. I can't see it going much other way, really. Um, that should be where you're pitching yourself if you're a player looking to get into contention this week, I think. Um if you look at stats, traditionally it's been a strong all-round test. The emphasis has always been on long game, you know, having a good long game performance here. Um, as I say, it's certainly softened up a bit, so you need to be able to score as well. But bogey avoidance, scrambling, um, they're two key elements that you need to pick out, I think, if you're looking for a potential winner. And scrambling in particular, look at Noren, he was fourth for scrambling. Francesco Molinari was first for scrambling. Danny Willett was eighth for scrambling. Till Hatton was first, Billy Horschel last year, third for scrambling. So last five winners all inside the top eight or better for scrambling. And that's since the most recent set of Ernie Els tweets. Really? Yeah, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You you look at that course, you've got to have a strong tee to green game, but you can't be hemorrhaging shots. You've got to make sure that when you miss um, greens you're getting yourself up and down either from those bunkers or from the kind of runoff areas or from around the greens as well so yeah it's it, it does make an element of sense I think particularly mm. when you kind of walk the course a few times but yeah that's, of all the stats of the traditional stats that's the most striking that's interesting yeah I, I, I don't think you can go there with a poor short game and, and, and get away with it um We've got um, some strokes gained data, as you say. In terms of the past two winners, both Billy Horschel and Till Hatton, they both topped strokes gained tee to green, which is, I guess, that's much more what you'd expect in terms of um, the winning kind of formula around Wentworth. 
Um, but yeah, if you combine a bit of strokes gained C to green with a decent short game performance, then I think you're gonna gonna be doing rather well um, around Wentworth. Um, other bits to pick out. Well, there's a whole list of um, incoming form from the last uh, twelve winners on on the uh, on my preview. If you pick through that and um, exclude Simon Kahn back in 2010, every other winner had at least one top 20 finish in his last five starts. So some decent, um, decent-ish incoming form is not a bad starting point. In terms of course form, now if you exclude Benny Ann back in 2015, he was a debutant. Every other winner, and that includes um, Simon Kahn back in 2010, every other winner had at least one top 10 finish around Wentworth prior to victory. So getting some decent, getting some uh, a good performance to give you a sight of how this course plays before um, eventually going on and winning seems to be a uh, seems to be a decent starting point. So yeah, boil it down. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it's, you know, it's ever that easy in golf betting to be able to put all of the factors together and it just pops out a winner. But um, you know, some let's, decent. Route. Let's take a let's take a view from Barry because he's barely said anything on this podcast. Is, are you there? Are you still there, Barry? I'm hanging around. He's hanging around. <laughs> what What are your key? Um, thoughts on Wentworth having been there with us a few years ago. What kind of player do you think it suits? I mean, for me, I don't. I don't think you can be an in, indiscriminate driver of the golf ball for a start. No. No, you certainly Positional. don't want to be. Yeah, well, you don't want to be dealing with chopping out from trees and having to manufacture low turning shots to get yourself up in the throat of the green. Um, but when you do have that, that really points into the scrambling side of things um, that Paul mentioned. So, I, overall, for me, coming in, like I'm looking to try find guys who are playing really good golf. I'm, I'm not trying to pluck out something unusual or anything like that. It's a it's a course that just asks a lot of questions about all parts of your game and they need to be they need to be on and if one of them's not on then you need to have something else in your game absolutely firing really hot so that, i mean it, it it shouldn't be i don't think it is rocket science i think it's fine guys who are playing well um mm. and maybe not allergic to tree-lined courses so potentially a top 10 here Helps, and some yeah. and players that are playing great golf right now. It's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty simple matrix, really. Well, you'd like to think so. It's never quite that easy, is it? But, but yeah, yeah. No. If, you, if you to plot the players that have finished top ten, the players that have got a recent enough top twenty finish, those that can scramble and those that have got a strong tee to green game, then. Um, you can get yourself down to a pretty reasonable shortlist, um, and uh, you'd hope that of that shortlist, some of those are going to be in contention. And and again, just hope that uh, when that's the case, one of them uh, gets over the line on Sunday. The listeners will be asking right now, who was on your shortlist that you didn't put up? <laughs> well, you know, it one it's one of these where you could end up, particularly with that mid range or that um, that that longer price um position from so many players that i could have ended up back in 10 or 12 really but um i managed to whittle it down to six um but yeah i, I don't know let's, let's we'll go we we'll go through the ones i've backed um i'll, I'll tell you what, i'll go through the go for the three that i've backed that are inside 100 to one and we'll get a view from you guys yeah. and then i've got three absolute bombs as well and then, uh, if, if we need to I go like down it. the painful route of those that we didn't quite back, then I can uh, I can give you a view of that. Anyway, if you look at the top of the market, um, we've talked a little bit about the guys at the top. I and mean, Rory six to one, it just won East Lake. If you go back and look at when he won East Lake before the following starts, he was second at Crown Sorcier in 2019, fourth at the HSBC Champions in 2016. So it's not as if he's fallen off a cliff immediately after in the past. And um, equally, for a six to one shot, he hasn't um, won immediately afterwards. Now I know you can't look at these, the history of these things, and, uh, and take it as an absolute science because he could just waltz in here um, and, and win this golf tournament at six to one. But he's not always had it his own way, is he, um, Rory? There's a few missed cuts in there alongside the decent performances, and um, 
this whole live situation as well. And, you know, there's, he's been quite vocal about the players that are coming over and playing this week. And, um, yeah, I, I wonder if there's just going to be a little bit of, um, yeah, atmosphere is probably the, the, the way to describe it that could impact things here. Just a little bit too skinny for me, six to one. John Rahm, um, eight to one. I, I, much less likely to have gone with John Rahm than than Rory McIlroy. Not had the best of seasons, has he? Um, beat a poor, poor field in Mexico and only just beat him in Mexico as well. And eight to one really doesn't represent much of a much value to me. I know there's no discount there, is there? That's a shocking <laughs> yeah, price, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, you were saying much the same thing earlier, weren't you? It's, mm. Yeah, there's, there's just there's not much there, is there? Matt Fitz, I mean, if you're looking for someone who ticks boxes, then um, he's just a, an absolute sear green on the data that I did. Um, but twelve to one, again, it's you kind of just looking at the price and thinking, well, there's just there's no juice in there whatsoever, nothing whatsoever. And he was a bit a bit out of sync at the BMW Championship. Um, said said as much in his interview afterwards. Um, got his coach involved mid pack at the East Lake final. You know he may find it. He may may pull it all back round. Sometimes after that first major as well, it takes quite some time to uh, to get the next win. Um, you know to come down from that that high spot for the to, to get your career back online and back on track and uh, you know find the find the motivation I guess to uh, to go and achieve something bigger and better. In the future, the problem with Fitzpatrick is his approach play. It's poor at the moment. Mm. He was sixty seventh out of sixty eight at the BMW for approach strokes gained, right? And then he got his coach in, and he was twenty third out of twenty nine at Eastlake. Yeah, I'd suggest you're going to need a lot better approach play around Wentworth than that. Yeah, and you know his short game is outstanding nowadays. He's you know he's much improved in terms of his distance off the tee. Um, you know, I never used to have him down as a decent putter, but you watch him putt now, and he's a very very good putter. Um, yeah. But yeah, if something you know as fundamental as approach play isn't quite working when you come to a place like Wentworth, then uh, then yeah, it could uh, yeah it could spell a mid pack finish rather than a contending performance and if you're picking out a player at 12 to 1 then I think you, you're going to want someone who's uh, who's firing on a few more cylinders than that so yeah I, I, anyway I've left the three alone at the top I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't go anywhere near those guys um, the one I've backed the first one I've backed is Shane Lowry at 18 to 1 um, again I got him with the eight places option with bet 365 which uh, which seemed to be the best combination out there yesterday still available right now as we record at eight o'clock on Tuesday morning over here in the UK and um, we talked about uh, Matt Fitz and uh, you know potentially his uh, getting his first win since his, since his major championship success. Shane's still hungry for that first win since the uh, 2019 Open. I mean, we've we've all collectively been on him a number of times this season. Um, he's had some real close calls as well, hasn't he, to get that first win? And I think once he gets that first win again after the Open, um, uh, you know, after his last last success, then I think he'll be back winning quite regularly. Second at the Honda earlier this season, third at the Masters, third at the Heritage, twelfth at the BMW Championship last time out. Now, he was trying to qualify for Eastlake at the time, as you'll remember, and he fell just short in the end. Um, by his own estimation, going back to the interviews post um, the end of that, uh, or the final round there at the BMW, he said that he'd played some of his best golf for quite some time, which is encouraging because he has been playing some really good stuff as he goes. So by you know, if by his own estimation he's playing even better, then that's interesting. Um, and returns to Wentworth this week where he usually does contend. I mean, eight of his last, last nine visits have ended up in a top 20 finish here. Um, he's got four top six finishes overall. He really does love it around these parts. And um, if there's a player that I think can take one of those top three on this week and has the quality to take one of those top three players on, then um, Shane Lowry is that man for me. So quite happy to go in with Shane at 18s. Um, I've also backed Tommy Fleetwood at 33 to 1. This is the one you alluded to earlier, Steve. Yeah. Um, and that again, that was with Bet365, whether each way extra proposition. Um, he's been nibbled in a little bit. I'm seeing 30 to 1 out there right now, Tuesday morning, but um, still a decent price for a player who's twice a Rolex series winner. 
Um, we haven't seen him since he finished fourth um, in back-to-back weeks at the Scottish Open and then the Open Championship. And that was sadly because he, he lost his mother shortly after the Open. Uh, returned home, of course, to spend some time with his uh, friends and family. And that curtailed his uh, FedEx Cup campaign. He had to effectively pull out of the FedEx Cup playoffs at that point or um, simply didn't play those events. So we've not seen him since that point. Um, but in the past, you go back, we've seen him win Abu Dhabi twice off similar breaks. So I'm not particularly concerned about Rust. He seems to be getting back into the swing of things in terms of practice. Uh, sixth here in 2015, also contended in 2018 up to the halfway point where he was fourth, contended in 2020 as well. He was fourth going into the final day there. So it seems to be getting closer and closer around Wentworth. And really, that should be a, a, a tee to green test that should suit his game, I think. Um, and certainly was finding some good form with his long game before sadly having to take that enforced break. And again, we've talked about Tommy a few times um, over the course of this season and... Um, you know, what was going right and what was going wrong with his game. But I thought we started to see some real sparks and some real signs of life with his um, with his long game in particular, which when he's playing well, of course, that is his absolute strength. He has stacks of greens and regulation, which is never a bad thing around Wentworth. Um, strokes going tee to green, absolutely his game. So um, if he can bring that to the party this week, then, um, yeah, then I think he can go particularly well this week. The other one I've backed under three figures is Eddie Pepperell now you two all know and anyone who listens to these podcasts will know that I've been backing Eddie off a cliff over the last few weeks and um, I backed him three of his last four starts all of them at shorter prices than this 80 to one with eight plagues as I got this week I simply can't leave him out this week there's there's, there's no justification in my mind to be backing him at shorter prices and then he turns up here on a course again that I think he can do particularly well at um, has played well here in the past and um, I, I couldn't justify leaving him out. So Eddie's in for me at 80s. He's got five top 20 finishes in his last five starts. All aspects of his game seem to have fired at various points. His accuracies, greens in regulation, if you're looking at old stats. Um, got some progressive strokes and gained off the tee performances over the last couple of weeks. Seventh for strokes game putting last week as well, which, um, which was an eye catching stat for Eddie Pepperell and uh, if you look at how he's performed he's twice finished top six so um, got some decent course form to boot as well so of the shorter prices Eddie Tommy Fleetwood and Shane Lowry now I have got three longer prices but I'll bring you boys in here to see how who you fancy at um, sub 100 to 1 Barry you got anyone you've backed at that kind of price I'm 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 with you on Eddie for sure. Uh, this it kind of just picks he kind of picks himself. I mean his last yeah. five he's got five top twenties in a row. Um, a sixth here two years ago, so it just it just makes all the sense in the world. So yeah, I'm, I'm there. <clears throat> Can't ignore it. I I think he might have that little bit of extra motivation and gumption this week with the live guys playing the yeah. tournament as well to just to prove a point exactly um, so that, that that kind of extra extra little 1 to 2% kind of focus and concentration uh could be the difference hmm. no no I, I absolutely agree i think that's uh you know, if there's one player who's been particularly outspoken on Twitter uh, in particular about the live situation, it's been Eddie. And uh, the fact that there's so many of those live players who've turned up this week, um, yeah, it could just be that extra, extra 1% or 5% that he needs to uh, to get himself really in contention and, uh, you know, potentially winning this tournament because I, I think he's got the, got the ability to do that. So, yeah. Can't disagree whatsoever. So the, Eddie's in for you. Was there any other yeah, ones for you? The Larry situation. I, I'm not. I don't know what to do. I mean, he's play, we've been watching him and following him, and like you said, and backing him for months. It seems like all the ingredients are there, but it's like he's forgot to set the oven to the right temperature to get the cake, you know, <laughs> or so yeah. some analogy like that. It's it's. Listen, as much as our heads are, you know, scratching uh, from it, he must be really trying to figure out what is the final little thing I need to get the win because we can see that he's playing great golf. Um, obviously, he was very unlucky earlier in the year when um, the rain 
thundered in on the 18th hole um, and Straka was able to uh, got the win there. So I, yeah. I think it should just be a matter of time from I'm just not sure I might back him this week because of a couple of others in the, the higher the higher um, range of odds that I might just sprinkle my uh, bets on instead. Yeah, no, can see that, can see that. Any from you at that kind of level, Steve? Who, me? Oh, I've got too many to choose from. <laughs> I like this I, I like this idea of players playing well and coming here having played at a higher level and then just kind of swooping in at this mid-price. Because you, 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 it's pretty sweet, isn't it, if you look at the modern winners here. 16 to 1 on Hatton. 28 on Billy Ho last year. We had Francesco Malari at 22s and Alex Naron at 20 to 1. So you've got a you've got a 16 to 28 to 1 price point there. The last four or five winners. Yeah. Danny Willett was 66 to 1. Having shown signs of life, hitting his driver nicely. Letting everyone the out, down the outing before coming to Wentworth, no one backing him, and he wins at sixty sixes. Yeah. Typical Danny Willett. <laughs> I've, I took a close look at Willett, but he's driving still all over the place, and that's going to kill you around here. Yeah. So I also want players that have actually been driving the ball nicely recently. Mm. I'm going to have to just on the price point. I'm, I've I've got. Concerns about his short game, but on the price point, I'm going to take Victor Hovland. This was a guy yep. that was contending a couple of months ago for the Open Championship, and we're getting him at twenty to one. Yep. So I'm going to I'm going to have Hovland. Also with Hovland, I find very very fascinating his three wins on the PJ Tour, all on Pass Barlam, but we won't go down that route. Twenty under. 20 under, 23 under. And then he also had the BMW International Open victory last year on the DP World Tour at 19 under. So I think this is going to fit into his wheelhouse perfectly for scoring. Yeah, yeah. That, that mm-hmm. is bang on the winning total, I think. Yeah. He also won the Hero World Challenger 18. So this kind of almost resort level scoring but you're picking your way round and you can still amass 66s 67s mm. uh, I think that's Hovland territory so on Hovland I'm also I'm going to ask Barry this one I'm going to I'm going to put the I'm going to put I've got two live players that I'm very tempted on now one of them's going to be one of the most hated figures on the golf course well, you say that it's Wentworth, and you we've been to Wentworth. We got, we've been there for years. This idea of this live battle and people, you know. Whenever I've been to Wentworth, it's the most graceful, appreciative crowd you'll ever meet. I mean, there's people there clapping people when they're getting triple bogeys. <laughs> it, it, you don't see this 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 American kind of vitriol and shouting and all that kind of jazz going on. No, so, I, I just want to take a view from you two because I've got two Livsters here that I'm absolutely itching to put money on. Yeah, I'll say I just want that, view only on you. What you think's going to happen? It was only it was only you abusing Andy Sullivan that year that was uh, <laughs> the, the exception True. to the rule that you've just described. There. Oh my god! I'll never forget that poor Andy Sullivan uh, apparently had no idea what a fried egg was, and Steve informed him that his ball was in a fried egg. <laughs> If I, if I, if if he had a club in his hand, I'd say it would have been wrapped around Steve's <laughs> neck. <laughs> it was magic. Oh, <laughs> the, um, the, the actually, do you know what, Steve? Just jumping back quickly to Hovland before we go move on to the, the live discussion, you know, players discussion. I think that little bit of rain this week might help him um, mm. play a bit more target golf and yeah, not be as exacting on his short game. Just that little bit of fire taken out of the greens and from around the edges uh, could, could help him along the way. Yeah, good pick. Yeah. Um, I, I, I believe I picked him last year and he was uh, he was mid pack. If that mm. he never, I think he started terribly, which is another Hovland trait. 
But, you know, the, the guy was 15. When, what was he the other week? He was, uh, where was he? You know, 15th last time out of the Tour Championship. He's not playing bad golf, Victor Hovland. Bearing in mind, Wacky Neiman was uh, tied ninth and almost won the live event. Like, he got into the playoff, didn't he, with Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's not a bad... He's not playing bad golf, Hovland. And his approach play was excellent at Eastlake. He was in the top four for strokes gain approach. So I, I think Hovland's a decent bet at 20-1. to 1. He'd win that and you'd go, I can't believe I wasn't on Victor Hovland at 20-1 to 1 to win that. <laughs> yeah. Can't so, believe so- so on to the on to the live players conversation and you're talking about the, the the fans being supportive. Like I I can't guess or speak for anybody else, but from my perspective, does a lot of these guys have built up enormous credit in our lives to deserve our support of them or to warrant or that's the reason we support them. Players like Sergio um, and and so on from you know Ryder Cup perspective and just from many good memories over the years. And I think the, as much as I dislike that what Liv has done to golf, um, it's kind of just blown up the whole ecosystem and made it very messy altogether. Just because these guys made one quote unquote, from our perspective, mistake in jumping, um, it may or may not be a mistake. You know, the, the whole cancel culture where you make one error these days and you're just gone and everybody just like treats you like you're dirt and you know cast you out to the the the, the prison island or the desert is it's just a bit mad for me so mm. like i can't i can't hate on these guys for making their decision i understand it. it i don't necessarily agree with it but i also can't speak to what i would do in that situation if presented with a lot of money that can provide an awful lot of security to you, your family, and whatever other um, you know things you want to spend that money on. So, like, I'm not going to hate on these guys for doing it. It's just no. a bit messy that they're coming in back to the DP World Tour after going to a different tour, and there is the whole question of these guys are technically taking places of people who have committed their time, you know, their career to the DP World Tour and have. St- and I've stuck with that. Mm. That's I think that's where the the gnarl and the little bit of um, undertones will be felt this week. Um, yeah. Then, so so look, you know, I, I guess it's uh, at some point I'm not you know going into a major. If one of the live guys is playing really well, I'm not going to not back him because he's jumped over to live. It's just I think it's for me the whole live thing. It's just sad because it's made such a mess of the golfing landscape and it's just it's very scrambled at the moment yeah but it has affected good changes on the pga tour so can't completely hate on it it's, it's just such a complicated thing to to think about that's sort of my thoughts on the whole thing and i i would kind of agree to steve i think the these guys who have built up many many credits over many many years will get support of the fans you'll have one or two people who will definitely voice their displeasure at it, but you're, you're never going to please everybody all of the time. Mm. To, to your point, Barry, about uh, players not getting into the field as a result, um, Richard Mansell's one is case in point, and uh, he was talking about it on Twitter yesterday where he's not in the field this week, but you look at Mansell, how he's been playing on the DB World Tour over the last few weeks and months, and... Um, you know, in, in, in this kind of field, in this kind of scenario, you'd expect him to be right in there, but can't get a start. And, uh, you know, in, in that situation, our place is being taken up by players who um, perhaps shouldn't be. It's um, it's a tough one, isn't it? But yeah, I, I don't know. The, the whole conversation will continue to rumble on for some time yet, and uh, we're nowhere near its uh, finale, I don't think. The one I've taken... I managed to get yesterday sixty to one, eight places each way of William Hill, Brandon Grace, fifth, eleventh, ninth, and fifth here, form wise, and his form over on Live has been excellent. Third at uh, the first at Live event in London, although it was in St Albans. First when he won at Portland. 24th at the Scottish Open, so that was a DP World Tour event. So at least he's stepped, he's gone into this kind of firing line already. This isn't the first time he's done it as a livster. Then 13th and 12th at Bedminster and Boston. 
And it's these greens and regulation numbers that are just grabbing me because we haven't got any strokes gained out of live. Sixth uh, in London, fifth for greens in regulation in Portland when he won, sixth and sixth for greens in regulation at Bedminster and Boston. And he's actually hitting fairways, which used to be Grace's problem. All of a sudden, he's driving the ball nicely. Fifth last week for total driver. Fourth for total accuracy. So that's fairways and green. So, yeah, I'm on Brandon Grace at 60 to 1. I think that's a very, very strong price. Eight places, uh, eight places each way. William Hill, I got that yesterday. The other one that's just screaming to back me, and this is a player um, of the utmost quality. I don't, I don't think if there is any, if there's any problems on the golf course, I don't. If there's one player here, I don't think it's going to ride him up. Is Patrick Reed? Now fourth here in 2019 and third in 2020. I can grab him right now on bet three six five each way extra eight places each way at forty five to one. That's a no brainer bet for me. And Reed, you look at his numbers; he's actually finding lots of fairways at the moment. It's not his fairway; it's not his driving that's the problem. Actually, last week it was the putter for once. So yeah, I'm on. I'm, I'm definitely going to go Hovland. I've backed um, already. Grace, and I'm going to take right now Patrick Reed. Those are my yeah, he's three. Done, he's done. He's done well round here, Reed, hasn't he? And it's, it's tended to be his short game that's uh, it's been pretty magical. You, mm. you have to watch his game like a hawk, don't you? Because he does have these alternating spells of decent long game performance, um, and then it kind of yeah, reverts can't back putt. to <laughs> yeah. yeah. It reverts back to normal, and he's uh, you know he's, he's scrambling and putting incredibly well, but finding no fairways and greens. And the, the week that he puts anything like all of it together, he's well, he's well capable of winning. I can remember he's, following him with you around Wentworth, and the guy was—I mean, this was pre-live, but he was being treated as a hero, you know. Mm. And even then, it bit, you know, people didn't like Patrick Reed, but not at Wentworth. People were appreciative that he was there, and yeah, he was but, supporting the DP World Tour at the time. Yeah, I don't yeah he's hitting a decent level of greens. The putter can be red hot, or last week it was relatively cold. But he's still, you know, he was still uh, top twenty-five for driving accuracy. Mm. So yeah, I'm going to just take Reed at that forty-five to one price point. Yeah. Do you think the not say love, but the support or whatever for Patrick Reed really goes back to his Ryder Cup singles match against Rory? A lot of it, I think. I think a, that's a lot, the genesis. And then you just gloss over A lot of people just kind of forget the fact that he's had a few indiscretions on tour. But they kind of like his fighting character on the course and they just give him support because he's a battler. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think Steve's right. The fact that he's come over and supported the DP World Tour, um, you know, not just at Wentworth, but mm. various other events over the years, um, has made him a more popular visitor than, uh, than than some others and he, he, th- there's going to be some banter there and I, I think it will be a more um, tetchy atmosphere than it has been in the past mm. this week but, um, mm. but yeah as, as to how much these guys get and how that much that might fire Reed up it fires yeah, him up yeah, at Ryder Cups as, as you said that if, there's a, if there's a player that could kind of feed off that and, mm. you know, he won't necessarily put it to the back of his mind he's someone who's more likely to, to take it and uh, and, and build on that. So, yeah, potentially, potentially. Uh, while we're in this bracket, you asked about the last player off my list. Um, he does sit in this um, in this bracket. You mentioned him a minute ago, Steve, uh, Danny Willett. And if I'd have been having a seventh, and I don't tend to go down the route of backing seven on an event, but if I'd have had a seventh, um, then it would have been Willett. Um, previous winner here, uh, ninth last time out at the uh, European Masters at uh, Crown Sorcier. Mm. Uh, seventh, not so long ago at the 3M Open over on the PGA Tour, so he's That's been right. showing some. He's been showing some kind of little bits of form here and there, and uh, he's that kind of player, as we've said countless times, who can just raise his game when it gets to a big event, a Rolex Series event, um, and uh, and suddenly pops up and wins. And he's at that price point, which we've always talked about, sixty six, seventy to one. He's yeah that. Often, when you don't expect him to win, that's the kind of price point he comes in and wins at. So, yeah, yeah 
if I'd have been having an extra one, then that would have been him. I like you. Have eyeballed his um, his numbers, and that's the final off-putting piece where he's, he's just driving. not quite hit. Yeah, yeah. He's not, just not quite doing it from off the tee. But when again, I look back at before, when he did win, he'd actually. I think it was the performance before last. He finished in the top five or ten for driving accuracy and for you know he was driving the ball nicely or top fifteen or something. You're yeah. not seeing that at the moment. He's spreading it all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's down in the bottom, you know, 50th, 60th kind of level, isn't he, in terms of his uh, accuracy, which, um, yeah, that, that you know, unless he pulls that round dramatically, then that's not going to work around there, but mm. we shall see. You never quite know with Danny. Um, Let's go to some of these bigger prices. Yeah, yeah. There was a big question mark there for me with him. Anyway, yeah, um, three long shots for me. Uh, firstly, Francesco Laporta, who I backed at 190 to 1 with eight places each way, again, with bet three, six, five, each way extra. Um, he's probably the most obvious one here because um, he was 16th at Crown Sorcier, fourth last week. He co-led going into Sunday. Um, he led by one going into Sunday here at Wentworth last year on debut, eventually finished sixth. Um, so if you're looking for that traditional combination of current form um, and course form, he's got both of them there staring you in the face. And, um, you know, with conventional bookies, you can get 200 to 1 or thereabouts for fewer places, 190 to 1 with eight places each way. I just couldn't resist it. 14th for strokes going tee to green and 14th for strokes going approach last week. Fifth for strokes going putting on the bent grass greens there in Denmark. Um, there was absolutely no reason for me not to take a chance on Francesco Laporta this week. And yeah. also back to Joost Lauten, 200 to 1, eight places each way. Now, that's a big price again for a six-time Tour winner. Um, he's been drifting down the rankings for some time now. He's actually outside the top 500, which uh, for a player who was inside the top 30 not that many years ago, um, that's a big fall from grace. But I don't think he's quite done yet. He's only 36, Yost, and um, when he's on his game, he's quite capable. And it's, it's been more injuries and niggles and a bit of frustration with the game that's set him back, I think, over the last few weeks, months and years potentially he took a couple of months off recently to get his head straight um, he got married in the meantime seems to be in a much better place now he came back at the Czech Masters 41st there 23rd at Crans Sorcier on his last start so some quietly progressive form and his long game seemed back on track he's hitting greens he's hitting uh, fairways 12th for strokes game putting at Crans Sorcier now I've talked about this a number of times with Yost. He's a player that I think you can look through, read his numbers, and you can get a feeling as to whether he's going forwards or backwards. And if his putting numbers do start to progress, and 12 for strokes game putting is particularly good for Yost Lauten, um, then that's something you've got to take notice of there. So um, given that he's also finished inside the top 12 twice here, a bit of progressive form, some progressive stats, 200 to 1. Um, that's good enough for me to take a punt on Yoast. And the other one, um, much longer price, um, a player that I've kind of, um, I, he's not specifically on my post-it note, but in years gone by, he would have been had I had one at the time. But listen, I'm, 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 I'm taking a fresh view. I'm going to I'm gonna give him a chance. 500 to 1, seven places each way, Darren Fickard, the South African. Now, He's got five titles to his name on this uh, DP World Tour back in the European Tour days as it was when he won his titles. Nothing since 2017, but perhaps he can take some inspiration from these guys who are you know, winning after these big winless uh, stretches, the Richie Ramses, the Ollie Wilsons over the last few weeks. Uh, still winning on the Sunshine Tour, though. He's got a couple of wins since 2020. Uh, fourth recently on his home tour. Um, a few weeks back, he shot a 62 and a 63 on route to finishing fourth uh, last month. 65 to open at Crans Sorcier recently. 64 in um, the second round last week at Denmark. So he's shooting some nice low rounds here and there as well. Just not quite putting it all together. But if you look into his stats, driving the ball well. Um, he was first for driving accuracy last week. He was second for putts per greens and regulation last week on the De the Denmark bent grass greens as well. And he's got a couple of top eight finishes here. I mean, again, if you put it all together for a 500 to one shot, there's enough to like there to uh, to take a chance on him. So 
So yeah, they're my three long shots. Darren Fickard, Joost Lauten, Francesco Laporta, shorter prices, Eddie Pepperell, Tommy Fleetwood, and at the top, Shane Lowry. Any bombs from you, Barry? You must have one or two you've plucked out from there. Barry loves a bomb. He does. I'm also on Laporta. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Mm. It, it really, yeah, just the bet made itself. I couldn't stop it happening. <laughs> so, um, Just for the I'm reference gonna... of listeners, in, in the strokes gained analysis that you can access on the website, he's fifth for strokes gained total, Laporta. And he's also ranking second for strokes gained ball striking. Yes, mm. it's from four rounds, but clearly got on with the golf course last year. He did. He did. Sorry, Barry. Off you go. No, no, you're fine. Uh, that's much more important to to get in there. I'm I'm going to stick with Helikilda. The guy's playing good. I can, I got him at 125 to one eight places. Mm. Um, yeah, I would be annoyed at myself after him missing out by one shot last week to to let him go now. So let's see. He's playing well. That was one of my criteria this week. So let's go. Uh, yeah. Do you do you have any long long ones, Steve? Or sorry, no. Paul didn't mean to. I do have now though. Marcus You're about to back Helikilda. up my bet. <laughs> Why not? I managed to get a little bit of mistake back last week, and I know what will happen. I don't back him this week, and he'll he'll be like in the top five, mm. challenging Rory McIlroy and whoever at the top. <laughs> so yeah, Heli Kilder. I think we can get bet three six five each way extra on him. Let's have a quick look. I'm backed him. I'm going to. Uh, you can, yeah. 12510. Um 110 to 1 I'm getting at eight places each way. This um, is the point, isn't it? You're getting a premium on a lot of these players yeah. um over recent weeks. And you know, yes, it's because the players at the top of the market, but if you've made a position or you've taken a stance that um, you know, a, a John Rahm or a Rory McElroy or a Matt Fitzpatrick isn't gonna win. Um, you know, and that's quite a bold statement because each of the three could um, easily win if they're anywhere near the best. Um, but if they don't, then these guys that are a bit further down that you're getting at uh, 60, 80, 100, 150 to 1, whatever the price, there's chances mm-hmm. there, particularly for them to get into a uh, top top eight position or thereabouts if you're backing with these extra places. So an attractive betting heat, I would say. Yeah, Paul, for sure. question for you. Mm. It, oh. Ewan Ferguson has oh, he's out to eighty to one now. He won three events ago, finished second last week. The guy's playing good golf. I know it's his first time in a tournament around here, but that's not immediately going to disqualify somebody. And with the course not playing as tricky as possible, um, because of the, the bit of rain coming in, that might offset it a bit. I mean, eighty to one. Talk me out of it. No, I, he's playing some great stuff. And, you know, we talked about him at the top of the show where he's, you know, he won in Qatar, won at Galgorham Castle. Um, you know, save for two absolute bombs from Oliver Wilson last week, he would have won again. That would have been three wins. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I can't, I, I'm not sure I can. There's a, there's a lot of players in that kind of bracket where you could, if you've got a strong conviction for them, then it's, you know, it's difficult to, to say no because... Um, there, there's a case to be built about him. If you, you're talking about debutants, you know, we talked about Benny Am, but Laurie Cantor last year, he came very, very close to winning and that was his debut. So um, it can be done. And I don't think Wentworth is anywhere near as tricked up as it was, you know, after the first set of Ernie Els changes. Mm. Um, they've made it softer, they've made it more accessible. To, you know, it's, it, the, the, the players, even if they haven't played it before, they'll have uh, they've seen it countless times on the TV. It won't, there won't be any surprises in terms of the holes there. So, so yeah, seeing someone like Ferguson get into the mix, I, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me in the slightest, I don't think. What about Kira Deck Afibanrat? Second here last year. Mm. He's showing flashes over in the States. I know he did an interview after he started on fire at the uh, Corn Ferry final last week and said that he's just going through he's thousands of miles from home. He's on his own. No one speaks Thai over in America. I think just the pressure of everything over there has got to him. But this is a good player, Kira Deck. Yeah, 
And he was in a good position before that interview came out, and then it kind of drifted away after that. Drifted it, away, so. yeah. So he hasn't got his he hasn't got his playing privileges for next year on the PJ Tour. So he's going to need to be looking at other tours as an alternative. You think a change of scenery might just trigger it. Yeah, soft golf course, hundred twenty five to one. I'm seeing. And I'd say he's far more of a chance of encountering people who speak Thai around London than he than he would in the States. <laughs> oh, just it's such a melting pot, London. So like, yeah, that's that yeah. option's surely available there. So I might throw a pound each way at Kiradek as well. Why not? Is that us, chaps? Are we done? Yeah, I think yeah we've covered two thirds of the field, so I think we're good. <laughs> Fantastic. For the first year in the ages, we won't be there, so uh, we're going to the Oval on Friday to watch the uh, Test match. So um, to all of those who are attending, I hope you have a wonderful time. It's a fantastic golf course, a great experience. Uh, Have an Estrella pint of for uh, Paul and myself. Yeah, let's hope the the thunderstorms stay away on Thursday for those of you attending as well, so you get to see some action. I hope your bets go well, chaps. Yeah, best of luck, guys. You too, guys. We'll be back for the start of the new PGA Tour season next week. I hope your bets go well, listeners, and we'll see you soon. Cheerio. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf